0: Good morning, good morning, good morning. <laughs> hello, hello, hello. How are you? Oh, do you know what? Today is the first day when I've been super, super cold. Um, But never mind. It is Tuesday, and do you know what? It's the first day of November, and do you know what happens on the first day of November in my house? The tree goes up. We have two months of Christmas in this house, honestly. Um, so I'm f- I'm sure that. A lot of you will not have even thought about Christmas yet. <laughs> but the day after Halloween, my Christmas tree goes up. So there you go. That is what's happening in my house later on. <laughs> I've got to go to work first, and then when I get home, um the tree goes up. I'm sick so ex- oh excuse me, yawning, but I'm so excited. <laughs> Um, So I've got to get all the Christmas decorations out before I go to work. Um, So, yes, there you go. And now is my countdown to getting excited for Christmas. (laughs) So, 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 so. um, I have a answer to the riddle from yesterday. So, who got it right? Did anybody get it right? Yes, they did. I have a... Who have I got? Let me just check. I have got a Hannah. You got the riddle right from yesterday. Quite a few of you did, actually, to be fair. But um, Hannah was there right first. So, the riddle was, how are vampires like false teeth? And the answer, they both come out at night. <laughs> of course, spooky, spooky. So, um, I do have a riddle for you today and it's from Samuel in Texas. Now um I know that you sent me this message um to on Sunday night. Um so I think um you were hoping that I might read it yesterday but um I didn't see your message so I'm so sorry I didn't see your message until after I'd recorded um the story so uh that is why i didn't use your um riddle but today here it is and thank you for your message and thank you for your riddle um uh, my friend is in texas at the moment working so he is listening to my podcasts because he's bored when he's not working and he's away from his family so hi Neil how are you hope you're doing well um, and he, he sent me some photos of um, a river in Texas but it's not a real river it's a fake river Um, so maybe Samuel knows where I'm talking about um, but it looked so lovely and the boats that go down it look like tin baths Um, and I would really 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 love to go on one of those boats Um, my friend Neil has and um, he says they're brilliant so um, yeah there you go Um, so here's the riddle from Samuel um, and it says why can you never tell a good joke well we will find out the answer tomorrow i can never tell a good joke um i don't think this is the answer though (laughs) it's um i can't tell a joke because i just i can't tell one um i completely forget um the ending so i'm never any good i do have some fun uh, well a fun fact for you um when we think of pirates We think of men with parrots on their shoulders and hats on their heads and earrings and um, wooden legs and uh, maybe a hook or two in their arm. You know, those kind of pirates, blackbeard and bluebeard and all sorts of things, all sorts of cool names. Well, did you know that there were women pirates too? Wow! Wow! equality in all things there wasn't just men it wasn't just a job for men um you all heard of women's equality <laughs> or equal equality <laughs> there we go you can even have um pirates female pirates so famous female pirates include mary reed anne bonney grace o'malley and ching Shi. now I'm sorry, but none of those have got the really cool names, have they? Like Blackbeard and whatever. I really, really think that, you know, these female pirates should have cool names too. What would be your pirate name? Mine would be, I don't know. I can't think of a cool pirate name. (gasps) Mm, I don't know throat sarah thick (laughs) probably not because i couldn't cut anybody's throat (laughs) so what is today it's not just the first of november and it's not just tuesday it is all saints day it's also world vegan day Mm. so all you vegans out there happy vegan day um it is oh it's National Cook for Your Pets Day. How lovely is that? And extra mile day, so you've got to go that extra mile to make people happy. And scented candle day, I love scented candles. But it's also National Authors Day. So it's actually my day because I'm an author. Um I have written a book and published it so it is um my day as well oh happy author's day to me (laughs) anyway i told you that i would um tell you how to make um pumpkin bird feeders out of your pumpkins so you've all hollowed them out and you've got um either little lids or you've got holes in the front whichever um what you need to do is you need to put two holes um well yeah if you've hollowed out the front um so that you've got a big hole in the front um put a big stick through one hole in the side and thread it through so that it comes out the other side so that you use it as a um perch and then you put bird seed or bird food in the bottom of the pumpkin and then you hang um some string onto the uh stick um so that not only can the bird use it as a uh, perch but you then are able to hang it up somewhere um if you have um like a, a whole pumpkin Then cut it in half, hollow out the um, insides, but keep the seeds because the animals and birds love the seeds. So keep the seeds and put them in the bottom, but then um, put a hole in all sides. So you've got four holes, Okay, and then you get two um, sticks and put one one way uh and then one the other way so that it looks like you've got um I don't know quarter. Am I making any sense whatsoever? I'm not am I? <laughs> so um you put a hole in the front and a hole in the back and a hole in both sides and then you can put your stick in um one way and then a stick in the other way and they've got four little perches to perch on, and then you put your food in the bottom, and the string holding on one of the perches, and there you go um we have made these we made them last year, and we will be making them again this year and the birds love them but not only do the birds love them the foxes love them the squirrels love them um badgers i know badgers aren't really around at the moment but every now and then when it gets sort of warm um you get a warm day the badgers kind of wake up from their hibernation so um so yeah um there you go. That is a pumpkin bird feeder. And if you didn't understand a word I just said, because I know that I didn't really explain it very well, if you Google or get somebody to Google how to make a pumpkin bird feeder, it will tell you and show you that. <laughs> oh, dear me. I'm not very good at it. So I thought we would read chapter six of Gobelino the witch's cat, because we're still kind of around Halloween. So, um... So it's called gruel. And here goes. Gobelino had caught three mice by the time the cook came downstairs, but she would not look at him or even give him a word of praise. She set about making gruel for the orphan's breakfast. It was very thin and grey and unpleasant and the orphans hated it. The portress had told the cook to make them good porridge, but she never woke up herself until the tables were cleared. So the lazy cook made gruel day after day, and the portress knew nothing whatever about it. Oh, when Gobelino saw the unpleasant grey mixture that the cook was stirring in the cauldron, he felt sorry for the orphans, and when her back was turned, he put a spell into the gruel, that filled it full of sugar plums. (gasps) No wonder their eyes shone with pleasure as their little bowls were filled. No wonder that they scraped them clean and shining so that the cook could hardly believe her eyes when the children came back back empty into the kitchen. She was accustomed to giving most of the gruel to the pigs. The next day... Gobolino put caramels into the gruel and the orphans shouted for joy. He also caught five mice for the cook, but she never gave him a word of praise, although he made himself as useful as ten kitchen maids about the kitchen, wiping the dishes, peeling the potatoes and polishing all the orphans' little boots. The little brothers romped joyfully with the other orphans, playing at hide-and-seek, touch-last, follow-my-leader and other nursery games. It gladdened Gobolino's heart to see them so happy and contented. The baby sat on the portress's lap and sucked its thumb. <laughs> when he crept into the nursery to see how they were doing, the little brothers flew to clasp him around the neck. Oh, our Dear, our darling, our beautiful Gobelino, they shouted while the baby crowed and kicked, but they had no time to make a fuss of him before the cook called him back to the kitchen. She said that the mice came out and jeered at her when he was out of the way. The next day all was bustle and confusion, for the Lord Mayor and his lady were coming on the morrow to choose an orphan to bring up as their own child and everything in the orphanage must be made ready to receive them. All the orphans' best white frocks and shirts must be starched and ironed, their hair put in curlers, their nails cut and their shoes polished. In the evening, Gobolino helped the cook and the portress to bath them every one with many shouts and splashings and a great deal of water over the kitchen floor, which annoyed the cook very much indeed. The orphans that were being bathed by the cook tried to escape from her to Gobolino. Oh, dear. Kind Gobelino, do come and bath us. Oh, do. When the little brothers fell into the bony hands of the cook, they cried and screamed and made such a fuss that she boxed their ears in desperation and left the kitchen to the great joy of all the orphans, who skipped about the floor in the le- their little nightshirts, crying, Hurrah, 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 oh, till even Gobelino grew a little weary of them. In the morning, the cook was still so angry that she put salt into the gruel instead of sugar, and all the sugar plums in the world could not hide the taste of it. So Gobolino made another spell and turned it into chocolate sauce. No wonder that the orphan's eyes grew round with wonder and delight as they sat around the table in their clean white frocks and shirts covered with clean white bibs all ready for the Lord Mayor's visit. No wonder that they polished their, all their little bowls until not a scrap was left and then dug their wooden spoons into the cauldron and polished that too till it gleamed and shone. And Gobelino watching them from the doorway purred with joy to see them all so happy. But when the cook came up from the kitchen to fetch away the cauldron, her eyes nearly started out of her head. For the orphan's rosy cheeks were covered with chocolate sauce, (gasps) and so were their clean white bibs put on in the Lord Mayor's honour. No wonder that their faces shone with pleasure, or that their bowls were so clean and polished. The cook rushed away to call the portress, who appeared in her nightcap, blinking with sleep, for she was no early riser. When she heard the cook's story and saw the orphan's bibs, she turned quite pale. "'Where have you come from, my little cat?' she asked Gobelino. "'And who was your mother?' "'Please, ma'am, I was born in a witch's cave and Grimalkin was my mother,' replied Gobelino innocently. "'My little sister Sutika is apprenticed to a witch in the Hurricane Mountains.' But I wished to become a kitchen cat, so I left home. And here I am. I knew it! I was positive of it, stormed the cook. Only a witch's cat could do such things. No cat could kill so many mice without the aid of magic. He may cast spells on the children. He may turn us all into herrings or bats or horrible reptiles. Do away with him directly ma'am don't keep such a creature among innocent babies the eyes of the honest portress filled with tears as she looked at gobelino for she had no heart to turn even a witch's kitten out of doors while all the orphans set up such a weeping and a wailing, especially the little brothers, that they threatened to ruin all their best art shirts and dresses, as well as their dirty bibs, stretching out their arms and sobbing, Oh, don't send away our dear, darling, beautiful gobelino And in the middle of it all, the Lord Mayor's coach rolled up to the door and the Lord Mayor's coachman pulled the bell. The portress had just time to dry the orphans' tears, wipe the chocolate sauce off their face and remove their bibs, while the cook, having flung her slipper at Gobolino and driven him into the kitchen, ran to open the door. The orphans were ready with bows and curtsies and shy smiles of excitement when the Lord Mayor and Mayoress came into the hall. But the cook bounced back into the kitchen and slammed the door behind her. Now be off with you, she cried to Gobelino. Witch's cat, magic maker, you shall never put spells into my cauldron again. Out into the street you go and never let me see a whisker of your face again. So saying, she picked up a stick and chased Gobelino out of the back door into the street. The little cat shivered and shook when he found himself safe around the corner. Oh, my goodness, how unlucky I am, he said to himself, sitting down for a moment to get his breath. I never meant any harm. I only meant to give some pleasure to those innocent children. Who would have thought it would lead to such trouble? Why was I born a witch's cat? Oh, why? But as he became calmer, he began to think that, after all, it might be for the best. The little brothers and the baby, all of whom he loved dearly, were about to be adopted by the Lord Mayor and given a happy home. They would certainly be well brought up, and the baby would have a a stately cradle. As for himself, the cook had never liked him and would sooner or later have turned him out anyway. He sighed to think of the orphan's gruel, but the portress presided over the rest of their meals, and they had nothing to complain of. Some day I shall find a happy home, said Gobolino, trotting along in the dust and purring to think of the good fortune that had come to the brothers. <laughs> well, now, there you go. Let's see what Chapter Seven brings. Whether or not he goes back into the orphanage, or whether or not he goes on and finds happiness somewhere else, who knows? Mm. Anyways, I am going um to get sorted for work. Uh, I've got lots to do today. I'm so busy at work, and then I've got to come home and put the Christmas tree up. <laughs> Oh oh my goodness, it's a tradition, you see. We have to do it on the 1st. So, today is the 1st. It's better if the 1st falls on the weekend. Because then I've got all the time in the world. But if it doesn't, it falls on a work day. It means... Well, it means I have to do it on... Because otherwise, it wouldn't be a tradition if I did it on a different day, would it? (laughs) Anyway... I will let you all go. You all have the most spectacular day Um, and, hey, I will see you all again tomorrow, okay? (laughs) All right, then. You have a a really good day, but make sure that you take care and stay safe. I'll see you all again tomorrow. Bye for now.